Good morning. I'm Julia. It's my pleasure to read from the Bible this morning. We're starting in John chapter 1, reading verse 1 to 18. If you have the church Bible, we're on page 737. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Okay, we'll now move to 1 John. So 1 John, chapter 1 all the way through to chapter 2, 2, verse 2. Uh, if you have the church Bible, we're on page 853, 853. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him 
and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone, anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you. It's uh, good to be here with you. Uh, and please keep your Bibles open to that passage in 1 John chapter 1. Okay. All right. Um, let's pray as we come to this part of God's Word. Father God, we, uh, we do thank you for your Word. We thank you that you have not left us in the dark, but have, have shone the light in the message of the, the gospel of Jesus. And we thank you for this time now. We pray that you give us ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts ready to respond to you. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, there's, a, there's a show on TV at the moment um, called Alone. You've got a picture here. Um, hands up, show of hands, who's, uh, who's seen this show or watching it, some devoted fans or... Um, uh, I got put onto this show uh, a little while back and there's been a, a number of series throughout the world. It's a survival show, uh, a competition to see which of, um, of 10 competitors, here's a photo of the current one, um, 10 competitors can survive alone in the wilderness the longest. This is a bit of a strange photo because they're together, they're not alone, which is, um, <coughs> is kind of the whole point of the show. Um, the way it works is they're each dropped into uh, an, an area in remote wilderness. Um, the current series is in a remote uh, area in western Tasmania. They're dropped off by themselves with 10 items that they've chosen from a list of allowable items, things like sleeping bag, a tarp, fish hooks, a flint to start a fire. Um, and they have, to, they have to build their own shelter. They have to source and hunt their own food. They have to film themselves doing everything. And they have to do it alone. Do it as long as possible until they give up by tapping out, um, calling on a uh, satellite um, phone. The last person standing wins uh, $250,000. Now, it's a, a challenge in lots of ways. Uh, sleeping rough in the cold, in the wet. Uh, the difficulty of, of sourcing food. The inevitable starvation that, that results uh, from having insufficient food. But the biggest and the most challenging thing about, about the whole uh, situation is, is um, if, if the most challenging thing for most of them, if not all of them, is simply being alone. Some of them barely last two days before they, uh, their desire for connection with their family gets the better of them, they tap out. Others succeed in, in building amazing infrastructure, in working out how to source food and hunt and gather, and, and you, you think, well, they could just sort of live there indefinitely, but they can't because they can't handle being alone. Which of course makes sense. It, it makes sense given the reality that we're actually made for relationship. We're actually made for fellowship. I, I expect that we know this intrinsically. 
I mean, whether we, whether we know and value the relationships and connections that we have or, or whether actually we grieve and suffer broken relationships and the isolation that we feel and in our increasingly digitally connected world, ironically, uh, isolation and loneliness is, is all too common. But we know that we're made for connection. We're made for relationship. We're made for fellowship. Fundamentally, for fellowship with God, but also fellowship with one another. So how can we have true fellowship? Well, this chapter in uh, 1 John addresses this question. John writes this, uh, this letter so that his readers can have fellowship with God and have fellowship with one another. Now, this doesn't answer and address all our relational issues, all our felt needs in terms of connection and fellowship, but it does lay for us the crucial foundation that, that sets us on the path to, to truth, to life, and to fellowship. So look with me in your Bibles at uh, 1 John chapter 1. Uh, John begins this, this letter in an unusual way for a New Testament letter. It doesn't have the usual uh, who it's to, who it's from, and, and a greeting. He just launches straight into the heart of what he wants to say. And he starts with this, this big, long, somewhat jumbled up sentence, which as you're reading, it can kind of take a, a couple of times through to get a handle on what he's saying. But at the heart of it, he's answering the question, how can we have true fellowship? That's what he wants for his readers. Look there, verse 3, he says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And we have fellowship, sorry, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. John says, we have fellowship with God, Father, Son, and we want you to have that, that fellowship with us, which means you will also have fellowship with the Father and the Son. John wants that fellowship for his readers. God's Word wants us to have this fellowship. What if you think of yourself as having fellowship with God? Fellowship with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. That's something we can have. How? Well, verse 3 says, it comes through the proclamation of what John has seen and heard. That is that John has been a witness. Uh, verse 1 speaks of that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. Seeing, hearing, touching. John, John has witnessed something that he then testifies about, that he proclaims. You know, it's like if, if King Charles was to walk through the door of our church today, you could see him, you could hear him, you could reach out and touch Actually, I don't know if you're allowed to do that, but you could, you know, perhaps you could touch him and then you could go out and you could testify about the fact that you had seen, that you had heard, that you had touched King Charles, that he had been here, that he had appeared at our church this morning you, and you witnessed it. What has John witnessed? Well, he's actually witnessed a far more significant appearing. Look there, verse 1, he says, That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. What is it that John has, has seen and heard and touched and, and testified to and proclaimed? Notice there, it's the appearing of the word of life, of the life, 
the eternal life, that which was from the beginning, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. John is talking about, about Jesus, the eternal word of life, who, who is with the Father from the beginning, from all eternity, and has appeared to us. That is, God has broken into this world. The eternal realm of God has entered into our existence. He's come in time and space as the man Jesus, whom John and the other apostles witnessed. They heard with their ears, they saw with their eyes, they touched with their hands, and they testified to whoever would listen. But notice that Jesus is is not merely described as the man Jesus, but as the word of life or the life, or the eternal life. So in the appearing of Jesus, life has appeared. Eternal life, life from the Father is revealed. And this brings brings fellowship. But it's not just fellowship for those who were there, who saw, who heard, who touched Jesus. I mean, that makes sense. If those who were there, who saw, who were with Jesus, they could say, yeah, we have fellowship with Jesus. We know him. But it's more than that. It's the message of the word of life is then proclaimed to others so that they too may be brought into that fellowship with the Father and the Son. The way to have true fellowship with God is through hearing the message of the appearing of the word of life. It's through God making himself known. I mean, it's just like um, you can't really know me unless I choose to reveal myself to you if I tell you about myself who I am what I'm like you can't have fellowship with me unless I do that that's just the way fellowship how the way relationships work in the same way we can't know God we can't have fellowship with God unless he makes himself known to us unless he reveals himself to us which John testifies God has done in in the one whom John heard saw touched and then proclaimed to the world. See, if we had been there in first century Judea, we too could have seen and heard and touched Jesus. We could could know things about him, have those things revealed to us. I wonder if you ever think, gee, if only I'd been there, if only I could see Jesus and hear Jesus and and, and touch Jesus, that would make it so much easier to believe. Have you ever thought that? It's actually not the case. It's not true. I mean, think of the many people, many people who were there, who saw him, who heard him. They were blind to who Jesus was. So many of them didn't get it. They didn't believe. And actually far better than having our own partial, first-hand, limited experience of some aspects of Jesus' life and teaching, we have in our hands the full, complete, sufficient testimony from Jesus' own spirit-empowered eyewitnesses. The ones who, who saw, who heard, who touched, and who proclaimed to us what they saw and heard so that we can have fellowship. Fellowship together with them and together with God, the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We can have fellowship with God through the message of the appearing of the Word of Life. That is astoundingly great news. But of course, as you hear that, as you hear of of this fellowship 
with God. We can have fellowship with God. It's not long before we encounter a problem. Maybe that this problem arises in your hearts as you contemplate that idea of fellowship with God. There's a number of problems, um, a number of obstacles to fellowship with God. And the, and the message that John, the witness to the word, declares, it's there in verse 5. Look there, he says, verse 5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, here it is, this is the revelation from God, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. This is the revelation from God about God, God is light. And we think, well, what does that mean? Well, first it means he's not darkness. As it says, in him there is no darkness at all. Uh, You might think, well, gee, that doesn't help me much, but it does. Light and darkness cannot coexist. God is light, therefore he is not darkness. And the verses that follow unpack what darkness represents. Darkness is connected with with lies. Uh, Darkness is connected with sin. So verse 6 says, if we we walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Verse 7 says that if we walk in the light, then our sin is purified by the blood of Jesus. So on the one hand, we we have light. We have fellowship with God. We have living out the truth. We have fellowship with one another. We have purity. And on the other, we have darkness, walking in the darkness, lying and sin. And so we have, well, there's an obstacle. There's an obvious obstacle to fellowship with God, with light, with truth, with purity. The obstacle is walking in darkness, is lies and sin, which, well, that's something that we're all prone to. I mean, none of us can say, I am light, in me there is no darkness. The darkness of our sin, that is an obstacle to fellowship with God who is light. And this obstacle can lead to another false path, namely the the deception of, well, claiming to be without sin. So verse 8 calls this out, it says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And how common this is to, to claim to be without sin. As the reality of God is ignored, is suppressed, well, that means the human state can then be redefined. We're no longer seen as sinfully rebelling against our, our creator God, whereas humanity is seen as, well, just a bit misaligned perhaps, maybe misinformed, unenlightened, just in need of better education, maybe in, in need of liberation from, from the, the oppressive tyranny of, of tradition or of authority. And so our world is, is frantically trying to redefine reality in order to claim that sin doesn't exist we are without sin there's no such thing or a second related but slightly different false path is is not to deny that sin exists but to claim that we ourselves have not sinned and so verse 8 says if we claim we have not sinned we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us if God's word tells us that we have sinned and we claim we haven't sinned, we're basically call, calling God a liar. And the extent of that kind of self-deception that goes on constantly in this fallen world is, is astounding. But, it, but it's not just out there. It, it's a tendency that creeps into our own hearts, our own lives too. I mean, I mean, none of us would say we're perfect, and yet we do minimize and downplay the extent of the seriousness of the problem that there is darkness in us. There is sin, there is self-deception. 
And yet God's Word announces a message of life, of light, of truth, of fellowship. Despite these obstacles, despite these false paths, despite the darkness of the human heart, there is a way to have true fellowship with God and with one another. A way that has broken into this world, has been announced to this world. What is this path to fellowship? Well, firstly, it's to walk in the light. John says, verse 6, negatively, he says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But positively, verse 7, if we claim, uh, sorry, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, notice, one another. You expected to say with God, but that fellowship with God overflows to one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That is, if we walk in the light, if we walk in fellowship with God, walk in his ways, live life seeking to follow God in the light of his ways, then rather than the, the murky darkness of our sin being an obstacle to, to fellowship with God who is light, instead of that, no, we are, we are cleansed, we are washed of the darkness of our sin, washed by the blood of Jesus, he purifies us from all sin. Notice it doesn't say, if you walk in the light, then you won't ever sin. This isn't an expectation of life without sin, so that we just get rid of all sin and then we can walk in the light and we can start having fellowship with God. No, it's a call to to walk with God and receive the washing and the cleansing and purifying from your sin. So the question of whether or not you have fellowship with God is not dependent on whether or not you sin. Because we all sin. Now the way to have true fellowship with God is firstly to to walk in the light, to embrace the light of of living God's way. Something we'll unpack more in in the following chapters of, of 1 John. But notice also at its heart this fellowship with God comes, well it comes as we we walk in the light, but it comes as we confess our sins. As the passage goes on to say, uh, verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, We deceive ourselves, the truth is not us, but here's the way of light, verse 9, if we confess our sins, if we admit the reality of our own sin, if we acknowledge God as God, if we recognize that we haven't acknowledged him as we ought and that we are in need of his forgiveness, if we confess our sins, notice the glorious promise verse 9 continues if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness that the darkness will be washed away friends we are made for relationship with God for fellowship with him fellowship with God and fellowship with one another And despite our our own sinful tendency to turn from God, to break that fellowship, God in his mercy has shone into the darkness. The word of life has appeared in Jesus, the Son of God, and he has dealt with our sin through his death on the cross, bringing us forgiveness, cleansing us, giving us fellowship with God and with one another. So the way to have fellowship with God is to not deny our sin, but to confess our sins, to be forgiven, to be purified. 
Now, if you're a Christian, which I take is, is probably the case for most of us here, you know this. But I want to say, be refreshed by this. Let it sink in. I wonder if perhaps sometimes our problem is not that we downplay our sin, though we are prone to do that, but, but maybe we downplay the, the promise of forgiveness, the cleansing of our sin. Maybe we're, we're quite aware of our own shortcomings, uh, our inadequacies, our failures, our failure to meet our own expectations, let alone God's. And, and perhaps we kind of subconsciously project how we see ourselves onto God and think, well, that must be how he sees me too. If that's your tendency, I want to say, listen to the word of God. Because it doesn't say, if we confess our sins, he will agree that we're sinful and confirm us in our unrighteousness. It doesn't say that. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That means we, we can rest forgiven, cleansed, secure in relationship with God. We have fellowship with him. Now, this doesn't mean that we, we sort of swing to the other extreme and have a blasé attitude to sin and say, oh, well, in that case, if I'm forgiven, it doesn't matter what I do. Sin away. No, no, no. John writes, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Walking in the light means, means we strive to, to live God's way, to not sin. But if and, and when we, we do sin, we can rest secure knowing, as verse 1 continues, if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. We, we strive to not sin, but we rest secure knowing Jesus has achieved our forgiveness through his atoning death for us. So by way of implication, I want to say, do you have fellowship with God? Do you have fellowship with God? God has entered into this world. The word of life has appeared. The light has, has shone into this dark world. Jesus has died for our sins and risen to glorious new life. Have you embraced that reality? Confessed your sins, turned to walk in the light. If so, you have fellowship with God. Rest and rejoice in that reality. I don't know the heart of everyone here and I want to say if you haven't, yet embrace the reality that God has entered into this world, that he calls on you to confess your sin and turn from it and to walk in the light. I want to say, what are you waiting for? The promise is held out to you. God will forgive you, will purify you and welcome you into relationship with him. Why don't you make today the day that you decide to, to turn and to, to start walking in the light, in fellowship with God? Secondly, if we have fellowship with God, well, we also have fellowship with one another. You see, sin is, sin is isolating. Darkness is isolating. If I, in my sinfulness, I try to, to dethrone God and you know, put the crown on my own head, so to speak, to use that image, 
If I rule my little part of this world, well, that's going to seriously jeopardize my relationship with you. Unless you acknowledge that, that I rule this little part of the world, which probably won't go so well if you happen to also be in this little part of the world. Sin is, is isolating. Sin breaks fellowship. But if we both walk in the light, acknowledging and embracing that God is light, that he is God, that we're not God, he is. And if we confess our sin and, and turn from it and receive his forgiveness, then, then we're freed up to relate to each other, not as rival rebels, but as fellow forgiven children of God. Instead of requiring you to align with my sinful need to rule my life, as a fellow servant of the true king, as a fellow brother or sister in Christ, we have a profound unity, a freedom to relate to one another rightly. Of course, we don't always do that perfectly. We, we do sin against God and against each other. But praise God, Jesus has come and he has paved the way for forgiveness, for restored fellowship with God and with one another. Third implication of this, this fellowship that we have with God and with one another is it means that we, we pass it on. We're not John in that we don't, we're not eyewitnesses of the Lord Jesus, but, but we do share in that same fellowship, that partnership that's, that's spreading the message of the appearing of the word of life, the news that is going out to people throughout the world. And we have a part to play in proclaiming to the world, proclaiming that news. And we do that so that others like us can come to have fellowship with God and fellowship with us. I'm going to lead us in prayer that we would walk in the light of this fellowship, that we would give ourselves to see others come to do the same. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you that you've not left us in the dark. You've not left us in the darkness of, of this world, the darkness of our own sin. Father, we thank you that you sent your Son into this world, the Word of life. We thank you that he has died for our sin and risen to new, glorious, resurrected life. Father, we thank you for giving us the testimony about him, that we can know you, that we can walk with you in the light. Father, we pray that you would lead us to repent of our sin, to not deny it, to not deceive ourselves, but to humbly admit that we have sinned and to seek your forgiveness. And Father, we thank you that you promise to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So Father, lead us to walk in the light of fellowship with you as our God and fellowship with one another as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.